off the pads of Dismet. They score! The Lions tie up the game. 42 seconds remaining in the second period. They give it to Rudnia. Shot put on. He scores! He cuts into the zone. Drops it off for Miller. Now for Bresingham. A shot. He scores! Welcome back, Lions fans. Man, oh man, do we have a special week for you. We have three, count them, three podcasts coming your way this week on Between Shifts, the Linwood Hockey Podcast. On today's episode, we caught up with Linwood alum and former play-by-play voice of the Lions hockey program, Alex Ferrario, and talked the potential impact a men's NCAA program could have on the St. Louis hockey community. Later in the episode, we are able to catch up with the man behind the mic, and the current voice of the Linwood Lions ice hockey program, Matt Kenyon. Matt and I talked about our early impressions of the men's season, along with how big this upcoming weekend against Air Force is and the impact it could have on the Lions in the future. Now, let's head over to that interview with 101 ESPN personality, Alex Ferrario. Now we welcome in former play-by-play voice of the Lions and sports director of KCLC, Alex Ferrario. Alex, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, to hop on with this uh, Lions podcast. And uh, frankly, it's really cool to see that this podcast is happening from when I was at Lindenwood and we were just trying to find different ways to get on the radio and talk sports. And uh, now you're starting to see this branch out. So props to you guys for the hard work that you guys have put together. Thank you. Um, I kind of wanted to touch touch on some of those early times of uh, the uh, broadcast side of you at Linwood and the hockey program. So obviously a little more of an outsider's perspective now um, since you've joined 101 and before that KMOX. Um, but from what you've seen from your days of calling play-by-play at the old Wentzville Ice Arena to now Linwood's new home at, at Centene, how much has the program grown in in an outsider's eyes Uh, it's it's phenomenal to see I mean every time I walk over to Centene or walk into Centene for a blues practice or uh you know some type of event for the blues or 101 you kind of look at all of the Lindenwood Lions logos and you look at that ice rink and you're right I mean I look back at the Wentzville times where I mean we had to lug all of our equipment from Lindenwood all the way up to this little tiny hockey rink and get it all plugged in and set up. And to, to think that this entire stadium is just kind of dedicated to what Rick Zombo and what the Lions have built with the hockey community, I think that's huge. I mean, you, you, you know, like not from like I never played athletics at college, but I was around it all of the time. And to see the growth for the Lindenwood program, especially in the hockey community, man, I think that's huge, especially for the city of St. Louis where hockey is just continuing to grow more and more. Yeah, that, that leads me perfect into the next question. I was going to ask, um, again, from your viewpoint as, you know, the pregame and postgame host of the Blues, you have a, a bigger pulse on on that type of fan base. But as far as the hockey community itself, it's a pretty tight-knit group when it comes to players and fans. What could a move that, you know, is very much – up in the air, but also when there's smoke, there's fire to become an NCAA program. What kind of move could that mean to 
the entire community of St. Louis when it comes to hockey? I think it means everything. I mean, in, in reality, hockey has just continued to grow from the moment the Blues entered the city of St. Louis back in 1967. And then you think of, you know, guys like Bernie Federko and Brett Hall and how they've kind of put hockey on the map here in St. Louis. But, you know, it goes beyond those superstars. It, it's guys like, you know, um, Jeff Brown and Jamie Rivers and all of these individuals who have dedicated their time to help grow hockey and see the amount of kids that want to get into it. And then you look at a man like Rick Zombo who played in St. Louis, and I don't even think a majority of his career was spent in St. Louis, but it meant something to him. He was a part of the Blues alumni, and then he kind of took the love of hockey and how it started to grow in St. Louis, and he not only turned more of a focus into it, but he's taken a program that was just a extra sport to the university into possibly being an NCAA team like that's huge in my opinion like when you think NCAA hockey you think Michigan you think Michigan State like you think of all the Hobie Baker award winners right that have played in the NHL like St. Louis fans are all excited for the player that's Scott Perunovich so for the the possibility of this hockey team to get to that level I, I think it just takes the love of hockey to another level here in St. Louis and frankly I think it puts more of a spotlight on the sport because so many people on the outside hear St. Louis and they think, oh, baseball. But it's getting to the point now where you think St. Louis, you're thinking, oh, hockey. And a lot of that is attributed to the growth of the sport. And it gets even bigger when you look at a program like Lindenwood turning into an NCAA uh, opportunity. Yeah, you know, that that is one thing that I don't know if people outside the hockey community quite understand is how much – pure talent there is that comes out of St. Louis. You know, you have the, whether you want to call them the fab five or whatever that was drafted in 2016, but just that other talent that is still here could only grow and, and be beneficial for the lions. But when it comes to the lions capitalizing on still that emotion and pure love of hockey that the 2019 cup run led to, what do you think Linwood can use in their favor to get some, some of those fans to also, when the Blues are out of town, reach just the general hockey fan. Like it's such a hard thing to do because, you know, as much as I love Lindenwood and you know a lion at heart, it, people think college with St. Louis, and you think, well, you think Mizzou, you think Umzel, you think SLU. People don't go to Lindenwood, but then when you start to to look a little bit deeper into it, you realize the size of what Lindenwood has done. So, you know, for the sport, for the sport of hockey and for the connections with Lindenwood University, I think you I think you milk the opportunity of, look, this is a program that started from the ground up. Like people in St. Louis love the blue collar people that put the work boots on and go to work. And that's that's what you attribute to these guys who made it out of St. Louis. Like, you know, the players that make it into the NHL that played for the junior blues programs and played in St. Louis. Like, they may not be superstars right off the top of your head, like, you know, thinking of a Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel and things like that. But these are guys who kind of put the work boots on and built their rapport and built that hockey expertise from the time that they spent here in St. Louis. And I think that's how Lindawood University reaches the fans, realizing that this is a program that started from the ground up, that is a blue collar, work your tails off. Rick Zombo is that to a T. 
And that's why you bring the fans in of come be a part of this. Come be a part of something that is brand new that people never would have thought could have happened. Like that's what gets me every time I hear the opportunity of Linda Wood possibly being an NCAA team. Like think about that, like Michigan, like the top dogs and Linda Woods in that conversation. I think that's how you reach the common hockey fan. Yeah. I think from my perspective, I kind of look at it as it, there is a little niche area for, for Linda Wood to find a college hockey team and have that success. Um, from your point of view, do you think it, it would be an overall success to once they make that jump to NCAA? I think so. I mean, I think anytime you make that jump, it's going to be a, a work in progress. But I do believe that if they make that jump, they have the right man for the cause with Rick Zombo. I mean, I mean, I've I've worked with Rick in terms of broadcasts before at LUTV. I've interviewed the man on a weekly basis. I've been to the games. I've talked to him at Blues games. And this man is always about Lindenwood. Like I've seen him at Blues games during that Stanley Cup run. And he's wearing his Lions pullover. So I think if you're talking success for the Lions to step into NCAA territory, you got to have somebody who knows what it takes to win. And Rick Zombo has always been a winning culture with Lindenwood. And I think that's the right man for the job. And then from there, it's just adding on to it. It's taking a guy who has spent time in the NHL, who knows what it takes to get to the top level. Then you start to bring people in and you show them like this is a hockey craved city. That's how you start recruiting a little bit. But then on top of it, you bring over to the ice rink that Lindenwood has, the Centene Community Ice Center. Like that's no joke. Now, I know the top dogs in college hockey have some big stadiums that they play in, but I think what St. Louis has built up in Maryland Heights, I think that's something to be proud of as well. So, yeah, I think when you take that next step, it's going to be a learning curve. It's going to take some time, but you want somebody who knows what success looks like, and that's Rick Zombo. Well said. I think you might be able to take my job. Well, you probably would do it a little better. Um, we'd like to thank Alex for joining us. Again, fans, you can catch Alex on 101 ESPN on the BK and Ferrario show from 11 to 2. Um, maybe you'll see Alex in a tank top because the ACs broke again. Well, if that AC doesn't get fixed in the next couple of days, it's going to be a tank top. It might be swimsuits because uh, I don't do heat very well. I'm a hockey guy, man. I need to be around an ice rink. I like it to be 50, 50 degrees or less. I think BK is messing with the thermostat. Personally. I would imagine. He's more of a baseball guy, so that makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. All right, Alex. Thank you very much, uh, and have a good one. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime you need anything. Once again, we'd like to thank Alex Ferrario for taking time to join us today and talk Linwood hockey and the potential growth of the program. I think Alex said it best when it comes to the way this community would respond to a men's NCAA program. Uh, and you can just tell his respect he has for Linwood Lions head coach Rick Zombo. Now let's throw it over to that interview with the play-by-play voice of Linwood hockey, Matt Kenyon. Now we bring in a voice of the Lions, Matt Kenyon. Matt, how are you today? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, we'll just start start off with what are some of your early impressions of the uh, ACHA Division One Lions so far as they jump out to their six and zero start? Uh, overall, I mean, the the team has been 
really solid um, with that sweep of Missouri State and then um, the home and home series with Illinois and and Maryville is an up and coming program within the ACHA and they've they've looked really solid um, as a team through all those series. One thing I thought, you know, kind of going into the, the opening series against Missouri State was, I mean, this is probably one of the largest freshman um, and transfer classes that I've seen come into the Lions program since I've been, I've been doing the games. So to see that cohesiveness right off the, right off the hop of the season was, was really good to see. Um, and then as far as like individual performances, some of my uh, favorite guys to watch, I've been really impressed with Kyle Jeffers speed. And as he gets up the ice and down the ice, um, same thing with, with Caleb price as, as a defenseman coming in, like there, there are times in some of these games where he has passed the puck off from inside the Lions blue line. And then he's, the first or second guy to the net and his speed and, and capability to join the, the rush is, is really impressive. And then um, I know I, I've talked about Sturzer a lot on the broadcast and I mean, he is just a massive human being in a good way. You can see him from, from every angle on the ice with his, uh, with his like six, five body. I mean, he, he gets in into those, those corners and, and battles for pucks and, is really heavy on the forecheck. And then he's, he's also got a bit of the hands to, to go with that, with that size and that um, bashing and, and uh, crashing attitude. Yeah. I mean, to touch on a couple of those guys you talked about, um, Kyle Jeffers came into uh, the last game against Maryville with eight assists. So to say he's uh, got the playmaking touch is, is right along that path. He added another one that night. So he's, he's got a total of nine assists in six games. Uh, hasn't found the back of the net yet. Seems like he might be a little snake bitten. I know he had a couple breakaways that he got stopped by coffee on night one. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Sturzer has, I think been one of the guys that I look forward to the most. He's got that NHL type of body. Uh, size, speed, and skill. He's been really fun to watch. And his line has been absolutely dominating. Um, I know I talked with head coach Rick Zombo last week and we touched on the Sturzer martin Crago line. Um, as far as what you see out of that line, they're finishing everything with offensive zone possession. But what do you think is uh, really creating some of their success? They're, they're a line that... They, they just can do it all. Um, I mean, it was somebody I was talking to at one of the games, and it might have been even on, on one of your, your podcast episodes, and, like, Colton Crago, it was Kyle Diamond that I was talking to before one of the games, a graduate assistant coach for, for LU, and he was saying Crago's role with the team has kind of evolved over the course of his Linwood career. And you can really see that. And, and that kind of, just to pick him out of that line, is kind of a symbol for that line as a whole because they really do everything that they're supposed to do. They can, they can grind. They have a scoring touch. 
they're just an all-around complete line that is hard to play against. Yeah, and, and I think uh, Zamo kind of uh, reiterated that exact point. He, I think the phrase he used was that line has a conscious. They play yeah. with it, um, which is a, a fancy way of saying they're a great two-way hockey line and they take care of their end before they worry about taking care of the other end. Um, yeah. I had that, I had that clip from that last podcast in my head while I was saying that answer and I didn't want to say it the exact same way. <laughs> uh, you know, plagiarism or copyrights. It's all good. Just give credit. <laughs> um, so this is year three and the new rink. Um, you obviously started with the team back at old Wentzville. Um, not just calling ACHA Division One games, but also the NCAA women's. Um, as far as the brand of Lindenwood hockey, what do you think that this new rink has brought extra to that brand? Well, first of all, as far as I'm sure the coaches are concerned with, with all the teams, the rink sells itself to, to potential recruits that that the coaches are bringing in i mean i mean there's a lot of great arenas in in college hockey um but but centene is is a beautiful facility from anywhere that you step into it and even now three years later two and a half two and a half seasons wise you know with, with all the covid stuff even now I, I'll step in to the rink or I'll come up the elevator from, from the little bit entrance and just walk out onto that open concourse. And even I'm sometimes just taken in by the beauty of, of the rink itself. And so I, I think that's one thing and having, having a legitimate arena like that really allows the program to be on a solid footing because they're not playing in just what was a rec rink and the old rink in Wentzville. There, there's some things I do actually miss about it in, in a, in a funny way. Like it was a very intimate facility with just the, the seats down the one side and um, you were kind of boxed in with the walls there. And um, I actually really miss the press box there because it was a little bit more spacious but um but but no i mean it 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 was something where linden would put a lot into the first time i went out to the wentzville rink which was right before linden would bought it you could not step through that lobby without having to dodge a bucket because the roof was just in shambles and and leaking and you know when linden would bought it they they put a lot into it to make it you know, a, a really good usable facility. And, and it was, but Centene is just that step above. It, it's really a, a legitimate hockey arena. And instead of, as opposed to, like I said, using what was an old, old rec facility. Yeah. I, I think I, I know what you mean when you say there was just something about that place. Like I've yet to hear, a goal be scored and it sound like the roof has come off at Centene like it used yeah. to there. There you're right. There was something pretty cool about what six rows of 
bleachers that were all concrete that are right up on top of the glass maybe fits 2000 people. If you cram everybody around the sides, like, yeah, when that place was, I mean, if you got, if you got the rugby team in there, which, which comes a lot of, a lot of games for both, both the men and the women. Um, I mean, they, they could really make that place. Like you said, I mean, the roof had a hard time, you know, staying on that building, but yeah, I, I know, I don't know if you were yet calling the D2 games when we hosted regionals, the loudest I ever heard it. Um, we were in double overtime against Minnesota around one of the regionals. We had 74 shots or something like that. And it was a one, one game and Nick Schnell, ended up scoring the band was there and everything and i've never heard that place be louder and it it still kind of gives you chills but you're you're completely right the amenities and the presentation of as we refer to the ccic um it's it's a rink that the program needed to take that next step and that's why that's why we're here today right we're we're getting yeah. ready to talk about that next step. Uh, this weekend, the Lions are hosting their first NCAA exhibition games uh, against Air Force. They played a couple weekends ago on October 2nd at Denver as an exhibition game. We we were at Centene for a Division II game, but we watched the first period. From your eyes, as, as somebody who's been in the sports information department at Lindenwood, um, I know how I felt as a former hockey player of Linwood and, and a, a coach um, to see that Linwood jersey and that word on the ice of an NCAA men's. Obviously, the women have been pre- partaking in NCAA for a while, but on the men's side, what did that mean to you? How did that how did that first sight of those black Under Armour jerseys feel? I mean. Not, not even so much as like the sports information side, because I've only been with them uh, last the spring semester and, and this this semester with, with them. But even like as, as a former student and just like a Lindawood hockey fan, um, you're right. I mean, like we've we've had the women's team in the NCAA for a long time. And I mean, they play the top competition. You know, I, I've called some of their games against Minnesota Duluth and Wisconsin, Minnesota and all that. But to, to add the men's program into that same arena and that same level is, is just special to see. And what I told somebody um, that I was talking to out and about at, at um, somewhere I was at before that Denver game, I said, I said to them, just, just to see, Lindenwood on that stage in competing against an NCAA men's division one hockey program and not even just any program, a, a team that is, I don't know if they're in the top 10 now, but if they're not, they were 13th when we played them. And I'm sure they're still knocking on the door if they're not top 10 already. So to see him on, on that stage, it is just, you know, it, it, in a way, like you just have all this emotion of like, they're, they're there, they've made it. 
And it's a culmination of a lot of different feelings because honestly, I didn't care how that game went. It was just great to see them on that stage. And that's, that's kind of just the, the takeaway that I had had from that. Yeah. So to, to talk about their ranking, right? So they were 13th when the Lions went to Denver to play. Um, they jumped up to 11 last week. And then this week's rankings, sitting at 4-0, they're ranked eighth, and they got one first-place vote. There you go. There you um, go. And, you know, the one thing that we joked about that nobody will ever be able to take away is that Mitchell Allard scored the goal to open the scoring, and Linwood had a one nothing lead. Yeah, um, and they held it for like five minutes, too. Four or five minutes it was, somewhere in between there. Yeah, and, and that was just another, you know, another pretty cool thing to see. Um, and then it was a little, I don't know, like probably just a little quirk in the schedule of Denver. Their next two opponents were both teams that Linwood is also playing an exhibition. Um, they played the next weekend on 8th and 9th. They were at home against Arizona State. And then this past weekend, they had a home-and-home home series with Air Force. Um, so just to kind of put into perspective – Linwood lost 9-1 to Denver. Air Force lost 4-1 and 8-0 to Denver. And Arizona State lost 8-3 and 4-3 to Denver. So Denver is a powerhouse. Um, I believe if I know the draft picks that have been selected or guys that are about to be selected from them, I think there's five first-rounders in their lineup. Um, And Denver didn't take it easy. They started their starter. They they dressed everybody. Um, they had they had five lines of forwards and four lines of defensemen in in that game. Yeah, yeah, because you could so. you could dress all you want because it's an exhibition. You can get yeah. away with a little extra. Um, but so looking at the, those scores of eight nothing at home against Air Force and on the road a four one win at Air Force. You know, maybe a little rose-colored glasses here, but I feel like this weekend is a – it'll tell a lot about the Lions. I think this will be a much more competitive series. Um, What are some of the things that you see as uh, things the Lions have to do to be successful? And then what do you also classify as successful for the Lions this weekend? Well, I I think to go back and look at that, that game against Denver, you look at that, that nine, one final score. And there were things, you know, when, when I watched that game and, and uh, you know, kind of went back and looked at some of the highlights that, that the pioneers posted on, on social media, there were goals that I would classify as things that, you know, whether you're playing 13th ranked Denver or, um, you know, any pick of the ACHA competition that we have in the schedule for them, there were goals that I thought, you know, Linwood could have done something different defensively or, you know, kind of beat themselves on a little bit. And then there were goals that you just got to sit back and say, but you're, you're playing 13th ranked Denver. Um, You know, so there's, a little bit of, of something to that, but 
going into this weekend, I, I think, you know, Air Force, any Division One team is, is, is a good team. And you see it a lot in, in college hockey where anybody can beat anybody on a, on a given night. So Air Force, I think, with the two games, you really have an opportunity to make a statement. And it's, it's a different scenario from when they were playing Denver of just playing a game against an NCAA team. This weekend is one where I think you want to see at least, you know, the, the gap narrowed a little bit on the competitiveness. And I won't go as far to say maybe getting a win should be the expectation, but at least a competitive set of games, I, I think, is, is a reasonable exp, um, is a reasonable goal to have for this this weekend. But I think there is a good chance that the Lions can uh, can pull out a game or even two against, against air force. Yeah. I think, I think one thing um, talking with coach Zabo last week about that Denver game, he did make the comment about their tracking was not good. And that, you know, he's referring to guys getting back to the house, not picking up sticks that led to a couple of those goals on the first. Um, but along those same lines, you know, Denver, you're, you're going to Denver, you're going to a new, new place, new thing, new, everything right so you might it's say there's city too you gotta compete yes. in that altitude they were saying I mean, that and, that was the worst part was the altitude some of the guys i talked to after the game and and you're going in for one game in that altitude too like even you see the nhl teams that they go to play the avalanche out in denver can struggle with with that that thin air and you're talking about one game against denver where you maybe have one practice the day before I think it was they went they went out the day before and they had a practice and then a morning skate that's that's a tough task in itself um when 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 you talk about getting acclimated uh to the to the environment out there yes exactly and that's where I was kind of going with it I think you know some of the things that were not on the Lions side that one was a fact you know the place they've never been it's the Uwanah of a big time division one facility, you know, all those amenities that come with it. This time you have a division one program in your own barn. You get to sleep in your own bed, wake up, eat, eat the meal you normally eat, you know, do your normal thing. Um, for them, it's a Saturday, Sunday game. So it's not going to class and then coming to the rink, but you know, it's your stall, it's your drive, it's your car. All of those little things, I think just add to that comfort level that, can can make a big impact, especially when it comes to college sports, like you were saying. Um, and I, I'm kind of with you. Like the expectation isn't to win, but I think a successful weekend is showing that you belong uh, with a team that you know they've won seven times. They've won their conference tournament. They've been to the NCAA. Uh, tournament seven times since their head coach has come in, in the past 25 years, which for a school, like an Academy like that is, is really good. Um, and, you know, I could see that is the type of model 
when it comes to conference that Lindenwood could find itself in if this transition fully happens. Um, I mean, Air Force is it, it's going to be a tough task. I mean, we can also talk about on the flip side that that Colorado Air, they they train in that. They they are experienced in that. I mean, their Air Force, I think they're probably just because of that going to be one of the fittest teams in NCAA. Um, you know, th- those guys have a ton of ton of hockey talent to go with it. Um, so it's going to be a tough task, but I think there's some factors, you know, like, like you said there that, that make it a much more uh, attainable thing for, for Lindenwood in, in this series. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that I think you kind of, learn from that Denver weekend is, is top, like, like coach Zombo said, uh, the difference between ACHA D1 and NCAA D1 isn't that middle pack guy that, you know, is a second, third minor fourth line type guy. Those are all over the place for everybody. The difference is, is that high end skill. Um, Air force will have a couple of those guys, but also, like you said, you know, it's it's a school that that fitness everybody's going to have. So it's it's going to be a very big litmus test when it comes to the Lions lasting 60 minutes or really 100 120 minutes when you add them both yeah. up. Um, I mean, just because of the nature of the program being Air Force, you don't see a lot of, you know, you don't see the NC or the NHL draft picks coming out of that that program just because of their, their air force commitments. But I, I think having seen a few of their recruits that have come into their program the last couple of years, they have some really, really talented guys that I've been like, wow, I'm surprised they're going to air force. Cause they have the talent to, you know, take to another program and, and maybe, maybe get drafted. But yeah, I, I know they're they're a team. Uh, their D are are pretty big, um, which you know for for the Lions uh, uh, who are more of a quick, skillful team. Uh, those D aren't going to be. And this isn't a shout at Maryville, but they're not going to be the Maryville big D. They're going to be a, a step quicker. They're going to close that gap a, a step quicker. It's going to be fun to see. You know, like we're like we're saying, just how how much Lindenwood can compete because I think that's what the end goal is, right? Is it's just to be able to show that you can compete night in, night out at that level. And I mean, if you take away that that final score against Denver, Lindenwood they they competed in in that game. I mean, it, it wasn't a scenario of they didn't see the puck on their sticks for, for 20 minutes at a time. They, they got their shots. They got their time with the puck. They got their time on offense. Um, you know, it was a scenario of, you know, maybe you can look at it as LU didn't, didn't get enough or as much as they would have liked, but they, they were competitive for, for stretches of that game. And, and especially in the first period and, and some of the third period was, was very good. It was mostly in that second period 
against Denver where, where I thought the majority of the breakdowns were. Yeah. And, and that kind of, you know, you, you don't know for sure, but you kind of think of, you know, that, that thin air, um, long change, how much did that impact them? How much did it impact them of that first period being on a high of playing at that level? And then the legs kind of slow a little bit because of, you know, things that you don't, you, you're not used to when it comes to that air. So as far as this as last question, referring to the air force weekend, as far as this weekend, what type of impact uh, long-term can you see this weekend having not only on Linwood hockey, but also the, the hockey community here in St. Louis when it comes to growing college hockey, obviously, you know, you have the blues fan base, but this is, this is separate. Like how big is this and what type of footprint could this lead? I think, well, first of all, it's a, it's a big opportunity for Lindenwood to grow and expand their fan base because um, I think looking at Linwood athletics as a whole, and then branching off of that to Lindenwood hockey, both men's and women's is Lindenwood has, I mean, people locally know Lindenwood and they know, Lindenwood athletics. And I mean, I can go on vacation over the years and wear like a Lindenwood t-shirt and have been stopped and people say, Oh, Lindenwood, you know, I know so-and-so's cousin that went there and played rugby or hockey or football or soccer and name any one of Lindenwood sports. But this is really an opportunity for Lindenwood and, and especially Lindenwood hockey to, to tap in to the, existing St. Louis hockey fan base. And not only just that, just a St. Louis college hockey fan base, because St. Louis hockey fans are real knowledgeable about the product that they are getting. It's, it's a reason why you look at a team like the St. Charles chill when they had their one year run, people said, why would I pay $25 to sit on a glass seat at a chill game and see, this is no knock to those, those players or anything, see some nobodies when I can pay $25 to sit in the last row of Enterprise Center and see the Blues. But I think St. Louis hockey fans know that NCAA hockey and NCAA Division I hockey is – is no joke. I mean, it's, it's a serious thing. And I think people are going to be more willing to, to gravitate towards an NCAA division one hockey program, like they did back when, back when SLU had one. Yeah. And so it, it's a, it's an opportunity for Lindenwood to really tap into that market and, and, and put themselves um, on a good footing to start really creating that fan base and that, and that game day environment. Which, yeah, that well said like that, that's something that I, I think, you know, means a lot. And then I also look at it as in like, this is, this weekend is a perfect stepping stone to, to add 
to that program that can become NCAA Division One, but also it, it adds to the regionals in 2024 and the Frozen Four that's here in 2025. If you can get, if you can use this weekend as a springboard to create a program of NCAA here in St. Louis, the sky's the limit. I think when it then comes to obviously the Frozen Four teams are going to their fan bases are going to travel, especially if it's North Dakota or Wisconsin or you know Boston College, Boston. Those, those fans they they travel really well. I mean, yeah, even when the Wisconsin women come down to play um, the Linwood women's team, I mean they they bring a ton of fans with them in, into Centene. Exactly. And, you know, so the frozen four, maybe not so much as far as like local St. Louis hockey fans, just buying tickets and going, but those regionals, or, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when down at, at the time it was, it was still Scott trade, but Scott trade hosted the uh, total hockey icebreaker. Yeah. You know, like those, I remember watching uh, Jaden Schwartz. That was Colorado college. Yep, at one of those, that was yeah. the year. Um, but you know, like that was, it wasn't packed, but you know, if you could, if you have that brand and footprint already for NCAA hockey, it can only grow the brand itself here in St. Louis. And that in turn would help grow the brand of Lindenwood. I think with the team going through this, this transition period too, is it helps Lindenwood as a whole, because I, I think Lindenwood is, is, is a school that um, having a full NCAA Division One hockey program, both on the men's and the women's side, gives them a sport that is a unique sport to the college athletics landscape in this general area. Um, I mean, you have Linwood football, Linwood basketball that are both sports that um, you know, are kind of marketed to the general St. Louis, Missouri, you know, St. Louis area fans. But I, I think having a college hockey program as a whole, both, like I said, men's and women's together, really gives them that, that niche sport in, in this athletics market where um, not only can they take that to more national recognition and be one of those NCAA D2 or D3 athletic programs that has a division one hockey program that, that puts the school really on a, on a national and, and even international when you're talking about Canada and, and some of these guys that come into play hockey um, international maps or national maps. It, it really puts them on the map locally even more than they already are. And, and that's a real good opportunity, I think, for, for Linwood to take. Yeah, and I, I think in this transition, too, like you're talking about, one of the things that, uh, that uh, the casual – I guess casual is not the right way to say it. Professional hockey fans don't realize outside of the major five that were drafted in – 2016 is how many quality players come out of St. Louis that could stay in their own backyard and play college hockey for an NCAA program. And that's the way that I think if you're Linwood, that 
that you build that, you know, you get some of those big time recruits that go and be third, second, third liners at, you know, anywhere from Denver to Colorado college, Minnesota, and they're your first line guy. And that's how you market your program and keep building it locally. Like you're saying, you know, create that impression here in St. Louis that drives tickets through the roof. Oh yeah. I I mean, there's always going to be guys. I mean, if, if a player wants to go be an engineer, you know, Lindenwood engineering, you know, you're, you're probably not going to be coming to Lindenwood, but, but like you said, I, I think there's a good opportunity. I mean, you look around all the, all the junior leagues and I mean, even on the women's side, there's a lot more players I see coming into play Lindenwood that have girls from St. Louis on the roster, which is, um, you know, great, great to see. I mean, Jincy Dunn, um, McKenna Webster, I think, for, for Wisconsin this year. I mean, there's a lot that are out there. And like you said, I mean, a lot, a lot of talent is starting to pump out of St. Louis more and more. Yeah. And, you know, I, the one name that just constantly screams, screams at me when, when I think of, if this was 10 years ago, the difference it could have made is a kid like who's in the NHL for the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. And Josh Dunn, he went up to, went up to Clarkson, third line, fourth line guy, reached the second line. But, you know, I'm sure he would have, if he had the opportunity, would have jumped at playing in his home city in front of his family. And, you know, it, a little different than his, than his sisters who, one was a last cut of the 2016 uh, or 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics women's team that went on to play at Ohio State. But I just – there is so much talent here, and it's so fun to watch if you watch youth hockey uh, to think that it could all be on the ice for a St. Louis team uh, at one of those higher levels is, is pretty exciting. I mean – the possibilities are, are, are endless in, in that realm. And I think, you know, Linda Wood has always gotten really high quality players for all of their sport teams across the board. And then, you know, looking at hockey specifically, I think, um, and, and even on the narrowing it down to the men's side a little bit, I think there's been a lot of Linda Wood uh, hockey teams in the past that, that could have, beat a lot of NCAA Division three teams. And you look at the, the talent that they're even starting to get now, even before a full announcement. And it, it just, it makes me really excited, you know, just as a, as a fan, as a, as a, as a broadcaster to, you know, kind of call some of those moments and, and, and just see the, the quality increasing across the board. Yeah. And, you know, we'll put out this disclaimer for anybody who finds us this weekend or anywhere coming up uh, and ask the question of, well, what's the real truth behind everything? We don't fully know. We, we get bits and pieces. We're, we're on the inside, but we're not on the inside. We, we know as much as everybody else knows when it comes to, the ins and outs, um, we're hopeful, you know, we're, 
we're going to do whatever we can to help push the administration one way or the other. I mean, uh, I mean, if, 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 uh, if Brad Walkler and anybody, you know, president Porter in the, or anybody in the, in the financial department is, uh, is listening to this. If you could, uh, if you guys could maybe make that announcement a little bit uh, sooner so I can start answering all the people that come up to me in the ranks and see me wearing a Lindawood hockey t-shirt and say something like, Hey, when's, when's the Lindawood going division one? I, I can finally say it's, it's happening. It, it's done, done deal announced and just point them in the direction of the press release. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not, we're not just being quiet because we know and we're not supposed to say, um, we're not real insiders. We're not, we're not Strickland. I'm sure Strickland will be the first one to break that one. If it's, if that's anybody, but yeah, like you said, like from where we sit right now, the administration and the school do so much for, for the program. Anyways, we're, we're just thankful and we're just, we see what it could be and what, what, you know, again, rose colored glasses, we're both huge hockey fans. So we know what we want whether it's feasible for the university, that's not for us to decide. We just, we just sit there and pray and hope that one day, one day we'll get an NCAA team. I mean, I, I think it's a situation of Lindenwood. And this is, this is what I've told people before is there, there's definitely, it's a situation of where there's smoke, there's a fire. And if you look at Lindenwood's history of adding Division one hockey. This is really technically the third time it's kind of bubbled up to be this much. And this is the most steam that it's had because just to quickly run through it, you know, you had 2004, 2005, the school was NAIA. They had just started. I mean, I think what Lindawood hockey's men's team started in 2003 2002, I believe that 2002, 2003 season. Yeah. 2002, 2003 school trying to get a, a waiver from the NAIA to let them play NCAA in sports, including hockey that weren't sponsored by the NAIA. And then you add the school jump from NAIA to NCAA division two in, you know, the, the 2011, 2012, 2013 timeframe. And that's, that's when the women's program got the green light. They got elevated from ACHA to, to division one. And they've, they've been off and rolling, but then you had, you know, the men's side stay behind. And now again, like Centene opens, Lindenwood's involved. That's, that's the new arena. And now again, you, you have the talk and, and the, you know, even like I've seen some articles pop up on Twitter where, you know, even um, the athletic director has even acknowledged like, yeah, this is something that we're looking at. We're trying to raise the funds for it. But, you know, like it seems like this is just like the closest that it's been and it, it, it's right there for the taking. Yeah. And, you know, and I can add a little bit more to that too. I, I was a freshman in fall of 2009. Um, and I, I don't know if there ever has not been a buzz 
they're a little rumbling of what we're going through right now. But like you said, this is by far the most uh, substantial buzz and with the most substance behind it. You know, we no, never before had there ever even been talk of an exhibition game. And now yeah. they've played one. They've got two coming up this weekend, obviously against Air Force, and they have two more in January at Arizona State. So, you know, speculate what you want. Speculate what you want. Um, But things, things look to be going in the right direction, and hopefully they continue, and hopefully the school, um, can get what they need to make that happen. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing you got, you got to keep in mind. I mean, all these, all these universities, they, they have the business side and as long as it works there, that's where it works for the fans and and the athletic, the athletic side. Exactly. All right, Matt. Well, we'll say thank you for uh, your time. Um, Fans, you can catch Matt this weekend on four calls, I believe, correct? Uh, yeah. Friday Friday night, 7 o'clock, the NCAA Division One women take on Syracuse at Centene. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday, 4-10, the men's take on Air Force. Um, the women play, is it, I believe, 2 or not 2, uh, 12 o'clock on, on 12, Saturday? 12.30, and I think – Two o'clock on Friday, I think, on the athletics website. Is it, is it two o'clock? Oh, so okay, that is a mistake yeah. on my part. Two I two just, p.m. Friday. That I think it might have got changed because I feel like it was seven before. Okay, okay, yeah. The schedule that I have from, you know, our master for all four teams, it, it does say seven, but yeah. So two two p.m. Friday for Syracuse and twelve thirty on Saturday for Syracuse and then obviously the Air Force games um, coming up. And then you got a nice little break from hockey, not until November 5th. You get a whole Halloween weekend off. Yeah, it'll be nice. Um, escaping to the East Coast a little bit for, for a wedding there. So There you uh, go. Yeah. Um, so that'll be that'll be a nice little little getaway. But, um, yeah, come on out this weekend if, if you're tired of hearing my voice on this – this podcast, um, you know, the, the women's, the women's games, they're all always free. So you, you can't, you can't really beat that price. Um, especially on Saturday, if, if you're coming to the, the men's game at four ten, stop by early, catch, you know, the whole women's game, the second, third periods, you know, whatever, have a couple, couple items of food and, and, and uh, drink at, at Centene there. And, you know, get set for, for the men's game at 410. Yeah, and, and like you said, uh, women's are free. Men's, you can go to Ticketmaster.com, search Linwood Hockey, and those tickets will pop up. Uh, they're 750 and you add some fees, it equals right around uh, like 1035, I believe. I, I, I bought a couple for um family members that wanted to go to the game um i think i spent about 70 73 for seven tickets so right around that 10 10 and change mark 
Um, but it's an affordable, affordable price range too. Oh yes. Yes. Um, we'll get you more details if tickets will be available at the door. Also. Um, I don't, I know Centene is very, uh, high tech, um, no cash, all card type transaction. So you might have to either way purchase it through Ticketmaster as a, as a scan and ticket. Um, but we'll get you more details when it comes to that. Um, but thanks again, Matt, we'll see you this weekend and, uh, Let's go Lions. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's do this again soon. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> Once again, we'd like to thank the play-by-play voice of Lenowin Hockey, Matt Kenyon, for taking time out of his week to talk to us about Lions and Falcons this weekend. Remember, fans, your Lions are hosting Air Force in two exhibition NCAA games, Saturday and Sunday. Both games are at 4.10 p.m., Tickets are available at the door for purchase. Linwood students do get in free. And you can also pre-purchase your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and search Linwood Lions Hockey. Lions fans, see you at the rink this week. And go Lions. Picked up by the Lions. Center out in front. A shot from Ferret. They score! To the net, 2-1-0, a shot, they score! Bryce Leaguer on the doorstep. Give it to Wagner, three on one up the ice if the Lions hurry. Wagner into the zone, Adamy in front, they score! Casey Adamy with a deflection in the goal crease and the Lions cut back into the lead, it's four.